are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. This is Tiny Gonzalez, host of Locked On Mariners here, joined as always by my co-host Colby Patnode. Our show today is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms. You can also find Colby and I on Twitter at Dane Gonzalez and CPAT11. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more. Also get into some non-baseball talk. Twice a week, visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for more information on that. On today's episode of Lockdown Mariners, we're going to get you set for the M's weekend series down in Anaheim. And just because their playoff hopes have been somewhat revitalized over the last few days, we're not going off of our offseason coverage and debates. Got a couple trade targets I want to talk about and see what Colby thinks about them. And uh, then we're going to talk about the bullpen, which actually kind of branches off of the trade talk and, and discuss which relievers are expendable, which are must-keeps, if any, uh, who has the best pitch in the group and who's the best pitcher in the group overall. We'll probably also talk about Andres Munoz, who is now in Tacoma, Tacoma and there's been some talk about possibly calling him up as well. So if you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. We greatly appreciate it. We're going to kick things off here, though, by looking at this upcoming series with the Angels. Three games set down in Anaheim. The Mariners last trip down to Anaheim. Colby, what are your thoughts heading into this one? Uh, you got to find a way to take uh, two of three here. Um, you know, you, you, you can't really afford to lose a series. Um, and, you know, the, the, the math tells you you probably need to sweep one of these three series. So uh, it would be great if, the, if it was this one. That would be fantastic. But you have to find a way to take two out of three. Um, you know, with the Yankees playing the Red Sox, uh, those games, those matchups can go either way. So uh, you really have to just focus on winning the series that you that you can control. And it's it's this one right here. So find a way to win two out of three um at least and uh and you'll be in it when we uh when we talk again on monday so it's really just about controlling what you can control uh go win two of these games and you know it'd be nice to win the first two so you don't have to try and beat shohei otani on sunday but uh we'll see how it works out this this team is uh let's say different so who knows what's going to happen so tonight it is logan gilbert versus jose suarez and we'll we'll see if gilbert's able to continue the uh, nice little uh, streak that he's on the last uh, few starts. Uh, Tyler Anderson going on the bump for the M's tomorrow. We don't know who's uh, taking the bump for the Angels, however. And then you mentioned Otani, of course, pitching on Sunday. Uh, Marco Gonzalez squaring off with him. Uh, which of these matchups, is it the Otani one or or is there another one here that, that maybe stands out to you? Maybe the, the Gilbert one tonight. No, it's the Otani matchup. Uh, he's mm-hmm. their best guy. Uh, there was some thought that maybe uh, the Angels would shut him down uh, from pitching uh, since they're out of it. But uh, it sounds like he's going to get at least one more start. And, you know, if, if he does make another start again, you know, again this year, it will be against the Mariners. So uh, you might have to face Otani twice in the, in the next uh, 10 days. So, yeah, it, it'd be nice to see them put some pressure on him. Um, maybe get the pitch count elevated, maybe, uh, push, you know, Los Angeles to maybe not be quite so aggressive with Otani's pitch count. And maybe, you know, you can get him up to 60 through three innings. They just might pull him and say, you know, that that's enough. So, um, 
Yeah, it's definitely that one. Anytime Otani's doing anything, he's going to be the biggest storyline. Mm-hmm. You know, whether or not he deserves to be, but he mostly does. But sometimes it, it's a little it's a little too much. But uh, no, he, he's <laughs> he's the guy, right? And especially without Trout, he's kind of the one guy who makes that lineup respectable. Um, and obviously on the mound, he's he's very good. Seattle's faced him, I think, once this year on the mound, and. It was they. I think they got two off of him, so it wasn't exactly, uh, you know, dominant, or uh, it wasn't exactly a, a great effort from the offense. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. But yeah, I mean, Otani is is going to be the toughest. It, it Otani might be the one matchup where you don't have the advantage on the mound. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it works out. That's why I would really like to win these first two. But um, yeah, it's Otani mm-hmm. versus Marco because Marco's been really good the second half as well. So that should be a good solid low scoring game, hopefully. And, uh, it should be a, a fun one to watch, but obviously right now, Logan Gilbert is incredibly fun to watch as well. So obviously no Mike Trout, no Anthony Rendon, but they still have some pretty solid bats in their lineup. Of, of course, Otani is, is the big one, but, uh, Brandon Marsh has been playing pretty well lately. Uh, Phil Gosselin's been, uh, been kind of pesky this year. Jared Walsh, uh, David Fletcher has given the Mariners quite a bit of problems here. Uh, so, you know, is there really um, maybe a name that, that you're looking at here other than Otani in, in this Angels lineup, someone that might give the uh, the Mariners some some problems in this, uh, this series? Yeah, it's Fletcher. Uh, keep him off the mm-hmm. bases. Make Otani hit with two outs and, and nobody on. Um, unless he hits leadoff, which they've done. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's, you know... Limit the guys in front of Otani so you can limit the damage that Otani is going to do. He's probably going to hit a home run in the series, maybe two. Uh, but the key is, is to make him solo shots or, you know, to make him two run homers when you have a four run lead. Like just just don't let him be the one that gets them back into the game um, for somebody else to beat you. And, and the Mariners have actually had pretty good success against Otani. He has not hit them particularly well. He's hit some home runs off of it off of them. But really a very low on base, very low batting average. So they seem to have a good idea of how to pitch him. Um, for Logan tonight, it's going to be about the changeup, uh, fading away from him. And for guys like Marco, uh, Marco and Tyler Anderson, it's probably going to be the cutter, uh, running away from, from Otani. That's how you're going to, that's how you're going to get him. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's really making sure the guys in front of Otani don't do damage so that Otani can clean it up. Uh, and that, that means Fletcher and Fletcher, you know, ask any Mariner fan, David Fletcher has been a bigger issue than Shohei Otani this year. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's Fletcher. And then obviously you have to respect Walsh and his power and Gosselin is pretty good, particularly against lefties. So yeah, it's, there, there are some bats here, but it's, it's pretty much Fletcher Otani and, and, um, uh, and Walsh that you really have to pay attention to. And, and, uh, you know, just make good quality pitches to the other guys in this lineup and that they will help you out. And I'm sure Max Stassi will hit like three home runs because that's what he usually does against the Mariners. So that guy has just been really annoying to face. Um, <laughs> it's really strange. The, the Angels have a couple of guys who just uh, all of a sudden find their stroke against the Mariners. It's, it's weird, but uh, it is what it is. Um, of course, Jack Mayfield, Mariner legend, also consistently in the Angels lineup playing third base for them. Uh, yeah, this is not a good team. Uh, the Mariners should uh at least win two or three here hopefully get all three uh but yeah uh, it's i mean there's there's really no excuses here the 
I'm even with how not so great the Mariners are really, you know, uh, lineup wise, uh, particularly, uh, I, I don't have any qualms uh, with with saying that the uh, the Mariners are, are a better team than the Angels here. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. But uh, should be should be a fun series. And uh, we'll see if the uh, if if you'll be able to use your favorite gif uh, quite a bit over the next three days on uh, on Twitter. Um, so we're going to talk about some trade targets in just a moment. But real quick, want to remind you guys that this episode of Locked on Mariners is brought to you by NetSuite. Slow is just right if you're on vacation, a sloth, or describing QuickBooks. More like slow books, am I right? It sucks you in and slows you down with manual processes, integration difficulties, and glitchy delays that leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. Now is the time to make the switch to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one financial system because NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time, no matter how big your business business grows. Failing to switch NetSuite will leave you stuck trying to make sense of your books while your competitors sprint ahead. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control since switching to NetSuite, and right now, special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program only for those ready to switch today. So head to NetSuite.com slash locked on right now. Get special financing at NetSuite.com slash locked on. NetSuite.com slash locked on. Don't you hate it when you're out and about and hunger strikes, but the only convenient options are unhealthy and going to make you feel worse in the end? That doesn't have to be the case anymore if you choose Built Bar. Built Bar is providing folks with a healthy, nutritious, and delicious alternative for snacking. Built Bar has a plethora of delicious flavors ranging from coconut to cookies and cream, mint brownie, and so much more. Overwhelmed by the amount of good options, then try one of their mixed boxes, which gives you two bars per nine flavors. Each bar includes 17 to 18 grams of protein with calories ranging from the low, low numbers of 130 to 180. They only have four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs, and all their flavors are amazing, tasty, and most importantly, healthy. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off your order at built.com. So we talked about on our Patreon show on Wednesday, our off-season plan that we do pretty much every year since you and I have been writing about the Mariners together, and that's been, what, four years now? We've crafted quite a few off-season plans together, and what you and I usually do is I'll make a plan, you'll make a plan, and then we'll get together and kind of figure out how to piece together both of our plans and create one um, master plan, if you will. And uh, so, you know, you and I have been already cracking on this for for a while now, for a few weeks now. And, um, you know, I've been, you know, slowly but surely, like working through some guys that I like. Really what I'm doing this year is... um, just kind of identifying which players that I like trade targets, free agents, and then putting together a 26 man roster and a 40 man roster and then figuring out how to, how to make it all work from a trade perspective, from a dollar uh, amount and all that stuff and, uh, and, and tweak it that way. And so because I've been doing all this research and stuff, you know, I'm looking at every roster. I'm looking at every single possibility, any single play, you know, any, any potential player that would help the Mariners, trying to cover all my bases. And I have a couple new trade targets that you and I haven't really talked about. You and I did talk about one of them uh, in our DMs uh, yesterday, but, and I'll, and uh, we'll, we'll start with him actually. Uh, Mitch Garver, the twins catcher who uh, really helped the twins beat the blue Jays last night and help out the Mariners. Uh, he is 30 years old, has dealt with some injuries, 
Uh, but he, when he's healthy, he's been one of the best hitting catchers in all of baseball. In 2019, he slashed 273, 365, 630 in 93 games with a 155 WRC+. Plus. This year, he's only played in 63 games, but he's slashing 262, 365, 539. He's also a pretty solid defender behind the plate as well. Uh, what do you think about Mitch Garver, who's under club control for the next three years? I think he's probably going to be years. too expensive. I think he's probably going to be too expensive. Um, mm. You know, like you mentioned, when he plays, he's a, a very good offensive catcher and, and a pretty good defensive catcher as well. Uh, the Twins, mm. I, I don't know what the Twins are going to do this offseason. Um, obviously, they traded Barrios and they talked about trading Buxton, and that would seem to imply that they're open to some kind of rebuild situation. And, and Buxton only has a year left, so expect those talks to kick up again. If they do decide to rebuild, then Garver is probably a guy that makes a lot of sense for them to trade. Uh, but also, I just have no confidence that the Twins are actually going to do that. I, I think the Twins are going to do what the Twins always do, and they're going to you know, find a, a one-year kind of prove-it deal for a, a good but older player like Josh Donaldson a few years ago. Uh, I think they're going to acquire you know, a number three starter like Kenta Maeda, um, and kind of replace Barrios that way. And I, I just feel like they're not going to really dive headfirst in, into a rebuild. And, and if they're not going to do that, then keeping Garver makes a lot of sense. So uh, I, I like right. the idea. I just think he's going to end up being too expensive uh, for Seattle mm-hmm. um, or anybody who wants to acquire him, uh, particularly when mm-hmm. uh, you know Seattle has some some options right now. It's not like Seattle has no catching options for next year. Um, mm-hmm. so they don't really need to overpay. So yeah, Garver is, is a right. fun idea. I just, I just think ultimately he's going to cost a little too much. That's pretty much where I stand as well. And obviously, you know, you mentioned the options they, they have, you know, a few in-house options. They also could look at Jan Gomes. They could look at trading for Wilson Contreras. So these are guys that we've talked about quite a bit over the last few weeks when talking about the off season. Uh, let's stick with the Yale central here though. Here's another guy that I've been looking at uh, and it's with the White Sox and, and you and I have talked about uh, possibly trading one of the, the Mariners relievers to, to the White Sox who are always looking for bullpen help. Good team, obviously not going to be selling off too many pieces, but I think you might be able to get one major league piece from them for one of your relievers, Adam Engel. What do you think about Adam Engel? Who's been, uh, a, he's figured it out at the plate uh, as of late. However, he's dealt with some injuries, but when he's been healthy and, you know, I've talked about Miles Straw wanting to add better outfield defense uh, this offseason. Adam Engel's been uh, one of the more underrated outfielders in baseball. Sprint speed, 98th percentile this year. Last year, 100th percentile in sprint speed. And then in 2019, he was 80th percentile in outfielder jump. Um, that was the last time that he played enough games to register that. And now that he's been figuring it out of the plate a little bit, you know, he's last year in 36 games, 295, 333, 477. This year in 36 games, 254, 338, 509. And with the injuries, I feel like he is attainable. What do you think? I think if you're Seattle, you want something that's more stable than than angle mm-hmm. is um yes he's had been good the next the last two years but he's only played mm-hmm. 72 games out of mm-hmm. a possible what 222 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, that's obviously, you know, guys missing three quarters of, of a season. I'm approaching uh, this as a fourth outfielder, by the way, or like a, yeah, like a, I, a, I still think you want a, like a platoon ish with Kelnick. I, I still think you want somebody who's going to post every day. Um, mm-hmm. So like, and also look, this is the, you're trading. This is a white Sox guy. The white Sox are going to be competitive. So you're going to have to trade something that helps them now in theory. I mean, maybe they just want angles roster spot free and, and maybe that's a way you can get him. Uh, he is going to be obviously ARP, uh, ARP two this year. So he's going to cost him, you know, probably two, three million bucks, which isn't nothing, but the white Sox also haven't shown that they're willing to spend $180 million. So, uh, mm-hmm. It's possible that he's available. It's possible that, that maybe this is a like Drew Steckenrider for Adam Angle type of thing. Where that's what I was asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, it, could it work? Sure, but I, I would prefer somebody who I feel really confident is is going to play a lot and is going to produce. Mm-hmm. And, and while he's been very good over his last seventy two games, it's just seventy two games. So. The rest right. of his, his track record is uh, subpar. But again, he's do you have someone that do you have someone that kind of fits in that similar mold that has a, a, a better history health wise that comes to mind? Uh, as in terms of like, like maybe a you've fourth outfielder out. platoon. Yeah, I that mean, you've looked at. I mean, Marcana for one. Mm. Um, I mean, obviously, that's going to be more expensive money-wise, but doesn't cost you a prospect, so or mm-hmm. maybe a reliever. But uh, no, it's you know, it, you talked about uh, Miles Straw. I'd probably be more interested interested in Miles Straw um, than Angle, just just because Straw plays, you know, every day. So, um, like I said, Angle could be a good idea. It's just you have to believe that he's going to stay healthy for the first time. And well, I mean, last year he played thirty six out of sixty, so it's not like. But, you know, he wasn't healthy mm-hmm. this year. You have to trust that he's healthy, and you have to trust that what you've seen over the last 72 games scattered over two years is is more substantial than the previous 300 games where he was well below average at the plate. So, um, yeah, it's somebody like that. And, and, I mean, again, there there are going to be right-handed bats that you could bring in as a fourth outfielder like Tommy Pham or, or, uh, or Mark Hanna, like I mentioned. But uh, Angle definitely mm-hmm. could fill that. Just how much do you trust him to a stay healthy and b repeat what he's doing this year? Mm-hmm. But what I'm really looking for is like what's kind of a cheap-ish flyer that I can take, and, and maybe what's the way that I can maximize my the value of uh, Drew Steckenrider. And I feel like Angle's a guy that if you can keep him healthy, I mean, he could be a, a legitimate contributor for you next year. Um, but yeah, these are, you know, it's just a couple of guys that, that I look at that, that have, you know, some, some health issues that maybe, Hey, maybe they can finally get back on the horse and play a, a, an actual full season or at least close to that. Maybe you can get them for, for less than they would typically cost if they had been playing full seasons last couple of years. Um, you know, and that's, you know, and that's kind of how I look at it with Garver, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think you're out looking for your Hunter Renfro to be quite honest with you, who is, mm. you know, not never really had like this huge success before this year, but it was always a quality player who showed traits and blah, 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 blah. And now this year he's been very good. 
as kind of the everyday right fielder. Um, so it feels like that's the guy you're looking for is where's my, where's my Hunter Renfro type, um, right. who probably starts as a platoon guy. Maybe he's the starting left fielder because Kelnick needs to go to triple a for a while, but then I could use him in the, in a platoon spot. And then you hope that he, he's just actually good. And he takes one of the jobs like Hanniger's job, mm-hmm. for example, feels like that's kind of right. what you're searching for. Mm-hmm. And I'm also looking for ways to kind of cut down on the money, right? Yeah. Because a lot of the guys that that feel like they just scream like they fit, you know, this team and this roster, guys that are probably going to cost, you know, $14, 15000000 million. And that starts to add up, especially, you know, you and I are probably going to have a cap of like $130 million. And, you know, once you go through the offense, it's like, all right, well, I've already eaten up more than half of that and I still need to add pitching which is going to cost money and prospects and stuff so um, trying to limit how much resources I'm spending both from a from a prospect standpoint and a financial standpoint it's hard it's hard because there's a lot of holes that that I want to fill on this roster and uh, it's just it's all it's a lot of moves that are required to do that but uh, it should be fun to, to piece it all together but yeah those are a couple guys <clears throat> wow <laughs> oh boy uh those are a couple guys that i um am uh considering right now and uh just and more so it's it i would say it's the idea of it and and you made a good point there maybe it's like a like i'm looking for my hunter Renfro. um it's it's adam engel and and mitch garver are more of an idea than um you know they're a proof of concept basically rather than definitively these guys um but i wouldn't be opposed to adding either of them either uh so we talked about drew second rider there and maybe taking advantage of his trade value let's talk more about the bullpen in just a moment but real quick want to remind you this episode of lockdown mariners is brought to you by betonline.ag we're back and better than ever all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another season and as always bet online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action with a new updated site and interface even more odds props and contests betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100 welcome bonus that's double your initial deposit just for signing up don't forget to use promo code nfl100 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports from football basketball boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games so don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online your online sportsbook experts does this sound familiar you've got one device that lets you catch the game live another that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. It means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. So the Mariners' bullpen has been their crutch this year. It's pretty much the reason why they're in the position they're in Right now, for the most part, they've been able to keep the Mariners in close games and have allowed them to win all these one run, two run games and and kind of mask some of the deficiencies that this offense has. Um, So I want to talk about all of them 
really here before we wrap up our show and wrap up our our week here on uh, on Locked On Mariners. You know, Paul Seawall, Diego Castillo, Casey Sadler, Drew Steckenrider. These have been the four horses here. And then you think about next year, you're adding Andres Munoz. You're adding um, Ken Giles. You know, th- this bullpen is going to get better and better. So which of these guys this winter do you view as maybe more so expendable? Whose market do you really want to explore? Is it Seawald? Obviously, we've talked a lot about Second Rider and how he's probably going to get traded. Um, you know, is is there a, a guy other than Second Rider that particularly jumps out to you that, yeah, I want to actively shop this guy or at least I want to explore that? And then, um, you know, how, what do you think that you could get for any of these guys if, if you do look to trade for uh, trade them? Yeah, I mean, aside from Steckenrider, um, it's probably either Sadler or or Seawald. Um, I don't think really anybody else in this bullpen, aside from, I mean, you're, you're not going to trade Giles or Munoz, and you're not going to trade uh, Castillo because you just acquired him. So I feel like those three guys aren't even a part of this conversation. So you take away those three, and you're left with Steckenrider, Seawald, and, and, uh, and Sadler. So... I feel like it's one of those two. Uh, personally, I, w- I would shop of those two. I, w- I would shop Seawald more heavily um, just because I feel like his value is higher. And I don't know. I feel mm-hmm. like Sadler is is a better bet to repeat the year he's having than, uh-huh. than Paul Seawald is. So, um, What do you think that? Real quick. Just, just this, it's, uh, Sadler's been you know decent for more than one year. Uh, he was pretty solid mm-hmm. last year when he p- played when he pitched for the Mariners. I think the stuff is a little more repeatable. There's less variance uh, with with Seawald. It's you know, hey, he's kind of got he's kind of got this funky arm angle, and we see what happens when he loses the the feel for that pitch, or we see what happens when he doesn't have his slider. It's pretty hittable. Whereas Sadler has a couple of tools to really deal with you. So um, I, I, I think Sadler is just safer um, to repeat this year. Um, and again, you know, like I said, it Sadler does have really two years of, of pitching pretty well. In 2019, he ran a 214 ERA. Um, mm-hmm. you know, this year he's at 0.76, but it just it feels like he's just safer. And Seawall, there's a bigger possibility that he, you know, to borrow a phrase, he kind of turns back into a pumpkin. But mm-hmm. um on top of that, I think that Seawald has done enough this year that other teams are going to believe this is who he is, and you should mm-hmm. maybe try and take advantage of that. And so it's different, right. though, than when you traded Diaz. When you traded Diaz, you were looking for best young talent you can get, whereas this year, if the Mariners were to shop Steckenrider and, and Seawald and Sadler and whoever, um, they're looking for probably uh, a piece that helps them this year or a piece that helps them acquire a piece for this year. So they might right. trade they might trade these guys for a, a pretty good prospect, not top 100, but a pretty solid prospect. Um, and then use that prospect to go get the starting pitcher they want to be the difference in in, you know, hey, we just acquired this I don't Brandon Williamson-esque pitcher here. Now let's put him in this trade package so we can convince the the Cardinals to give us Jack Flaherty or whatever it is. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's probably, I would do, I would trade Seawald. Uh, a second rider would be my first choice to trade, but if I can't trade mm-hmm. 
then I'm probably trying to trade Seawald before Sadler. But uh, I'm not I'm not saying no to either or both. Mm-hmm. So uh, Jerry and his and his crew are pretty good at putting bullpens together. So if they want to trade one, I'm not going to I'm not going to be upset about that. Uh, so real quick here, um, you know, since we're you, you mentioned stuff, uh, who would you say has the best pitch in this bullpen? Is it Diego yeah. Castillo slider? The best individual pitch? Yeah. Um, it, when it's, when it's on, like when it's at its very best, it's probably Castillo slider. Mm-hmm. Um, Seawalt slider, not too far behind. Um, Sadler's curveball is, is very fun to watch though. Um, mm-hmm. he flips that bad boy in there. Um, Johan Ramirez slider when that thing's on and when he's throwing the fastball for strikes, I mean, that is that, that that's unfair. So, uh, what's, what's funny about this is that, you know, you ask me again in, in next week, I could conceivably tell you it's Andre, Andres Munoz's fastball. So, so yeah. it's, uh, there, there's a, a lot of these guys have a good pitch. Uh, you know, uh, Swanson's split change that he's thrown this year has been pretty darn good. Um, so yeah, everybody in the bullpen has at least one nasty pitch. Um, with the exception of Anthony Mashevitz, which, yeah, you know, yeah. not, not, not a Tony sandwiches fan. <laughs> I would have to go with uh, Castillo slider. Cause I mean, that thing, like you said, when it's on, it's just filthy. I think he's mm-hmm. generated what, like a 40% whiff percentage on, on it this year. I mean, dude, that is ridiculous. I think last year it was half of the sliders that he threw generated whiffs. That's, that's just stupid. That's just beyond stupid. <laughs> like that's so good and uh, so unfair. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. he he went and now that you've seen him get over the shoulder issues and stuff, he's been obviously had a little bit of a hiccup in the Oakland series, but he's been really good for yeah. the most part. I thought he was okay in the Oakland series. I know he gave up the hits and all that stuff, but one of them was like a mm-hmm. he toothpicked a bat. I mean, and and right. it landed into right field. So it's like, eh kind of tough to be too upset about that but uh yeah castillo is is slider this year is generating a whiff on 39.8 of the swings uh made against it last year that number was 51.2 so there you go yeah 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 Yeah, that's just ridiculous uh so you mentioned munoz and uh shannon dreyer today uh, wrote about that uh, the team is considering it, is considering calling him up. He was down in Arizona uh, in the uh, development uh, developmental league uh, or the Arizona Complex League, as they call it. He was thrown there. He's been added to the uh, Tacoma roster now because they're the only Mariners minor league affiliate playing right now. And uh, he was hitting 100 down in Tacoma. And uh, I don't know. He looks pretty good. So if 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 the playoffs continue to be a thing by the time that they get back home on what is it Monday, um, you considering calling up Andres Munoz? I'm probably not. Um, okay. It's the problem with, with Munoz right now is that, I mean, the stuff is, is probably going to play, but also we don't really know because, you know, stuff right after a Tommy John surgery it's, it's hit or miss, but the, the bigger issue for me is that you call it Munoz 
and you're not going to throw them on back-to-back days. Like that's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. you're talking about getting him one inning, you know, every two or three days. Does that really help you all that much? I mean, I'm sure there will be moments where it's like, oh, well, it sure would be nice to have Andres Munoz right now. And it's like, well, I mean, it would be nice to have like the healthy, good version of Andres Munoz, but we still don't know what the command looks like. That's usually the last thing to come back after Tommy John. Um, mm-hmm. And again, it's this idea of, well, he's only going to pitch. What What's the most? He's going to pitch what? Four, four innings before the end of the year at most. And it's, it's, is that really worth all that much? Probably not, especially since Scott really isn't going to feel that comfortable using him in these leverage situations. So what's the point? I, I don't, I don't understand the point. Um, of doing that. Like he's not a starter, right? He's not going to, uh, you know, he's not going to start the, uh, the Kikuchi game. Um, and that's just a straight bullpen day. And at that point you might as well just roll with the guys who got you there. So I don't really see the point in calling up Munoz right now. Um, if he could pitch back to back days, then I'd be more interested, but there, I, there's no way they do that. There's no way they allow a young arm that they're really high on coming off of Tommy John, to go back to back days in the play, in a playoff race. They're just, they're not going to do that. So I, I don't really see mm-hmm. the point. Um, if you're going to do something like that, just call up Matt Brash and put him in the bullpen. But right. uh, speaking of Brash, they, they have him on a throwing plan, uh, apparently, uh, right now. Now that double A Arkansas's um, season has ended, I know there were some questions about that yesterday when the topic of Brash being called up uh, came back up. Uh, but yeah, so he's on a throwing plan right now. Um, so they're, they're keeping him ready in case that they want to pull the trigger on that. But it seems like this is going to be a very fluid situation, really depending on what happens over the next four games between, you know, yesterday and Kikuchi's next start. Cause I, I, it seems like they, they're at least gonna, I mean, like we talked about this yesterday, but real quick, if you do call up brash, are you piggybacking him with Kikuchi? Are you just letting him start the Kikuchi game? Like when, like if they do call him up and we, and we've talked about, should they, what would they do with him? But like, how, how do you utilize Matt brush? Uh, if, if he doesn't end up getting called up, do you piggyback him with Kikuchi or, or, or what, what is it? What's the plan? Yeah, I just, I think Jerry said recently that he's out of quote starter innings. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, and that tells me that he's not going to go five, six, seven innings uh, if he does get right. called up. So I, I think this plan has to be that you maximum, he faces the lineup once, which hopefully gets you through three, but more than likely two, two and a third, something like that. Um, and then from there on, I just, I, I wouldn't use Kikuchi at all. If, if I don't trust Kikuchi to get through the lineup once, then I'm probably going from brash to Joe Smith, to Eric Swanson, to, you know, the rest of my bullpen as normal. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, to me, it's like, if you're going to call up brash to take Kikuchi's spot, then just don't use Kikuchi at all. Right. If you have yeah. that little trust in him, it's, it's why put him out there. Would you no, try they, to you know, delay his start a little bit to maybe get him against no. the Angels instead of the A's? Nope. Too late in the year to do that. Mm. You don't have an off day till next Thursday. It's just it's not going to work. So, 
Uh, it's too late in the year to ask somebody to go on short rest. It's too, I mean, you'd be moved. We've seen how back Kikuchi has been on four days rest. You're going to move him up or back a couple days. So that means what? You're going to have No, I'm not Gilbert. talking about Kikuchi. I'm talking about Brash. I'm talking about how oh, okay. Brash start, get a softer landing spot. Uh, No, because I think he has to slide into the Kikuchi role. I, I think you want to keep everybody else on schedule. The rest of your rotation is yeah. on a nice little run right now, so I don't think you want to disrupt that. Um, so, yeah, for me, it, the answer for me is still Kikuchi's probably making that start, which sucks, right. but it's it's what's most likely to happen. An incredibly short leash. And it yes. might even be, even if he gets through three and he's only given up like one hit and one walk and he's thrown 55 pitches, they just might take him out anyways just to play mm-hmm. it safe. But uh, I, I do think he makes that start. Well, the Mariners won't commit to it yet. Scott Service wouldn't commit to it uh, last night after the game. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But they are keeping their options open. And like I said, it's going to be fluid. But Monday's episode could be pretty fun, depending on what happens this weekend. Uh, But that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked on Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D A N E. GNZLZ and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you on Monday. Betting on Major League Baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts.